Hey friends, this is Eli Letterman. I'm a reporter who covers the Sooners in Norman for Sellout Crowd, and this is the Letterman Jacket Podcast. Twice a week, you'll be able to come here for news, reaction, insight, interviews, broader discussions on OU with a rotating cast of folks from my Sellout Crowd team, people from the OU orbit, current and former Sooners, all that. It'll be here. And today, for the inaugural podcast, I'm joined by a good friend and a Sellout Crowd colleague, Garen Emig, who, Garen, you can correct me if I'm wrong here, I think you've been covering sports in this state longer than I've been able to talk. And I don't mean that as a dig, but just as a, 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 an explanation here as I'm speaking of, of how long you've been at this and, and doing it in this state. Look, man, we're going to be doing, I thought we were going to be doing a lot of this moving forward, whether me Is coming it? on your show or vice versa. But you keep up that kind of attitude with me and, and, and hit that low. It's going to be a very short, at least podcast relationship. So this is your one warning. This is your one warning to, of, of ageism. And then, and then I'm, and then I'm walking because I know the way out of your apartment where we're, where we're <laughs> I will, I will take that route, young man. Well, that's fair. That's all fair and reasonable. And I've taken that warning as it's come. We're not here to talk about that. We're here to talk about today, uh, the Sooners who, who kick off this weekend with Arkansas State. We've heard from Brent Venables this week. We've heard from Ted R- Roof and Jeff Levy, players. Garen, what are your impressions as we head in? And, and B, you know, A is what are the impressions? B, what are you going to be wearing on Saturday when it's 105 degrees in Norman? Well, it won't be slacks. Um, I'm, I'm thinking swimwear, uh, but that's that's a that's got to be a press box regulations check. I don't think sellout has a dress code. Now we probably will that I've just outed the fact that we don't have a dress code, but. Uh, We'll worry about that Saturday. As for what anyone said in Norman this week, probably didn't sound that different than anywhere else in the country. Optimism reigns in August everywhere, right? Uh, that that goes for, uh, well, I can't use Kansas anymore. I was going to say that goes for Kansas, but they, they have a reason to be optimistic all of a sudden. That's that's weird. Uh, no, I, Brent Venables is, is speaking with anticipation about things being better than they were a year ago. Jeff Levy's really... A lot, I think it's really hammered that point home harder than, than either he or Ted Roof. But Roof picked up on the same vein Monday. Uh, it's, it's a time of year for fans to think very big, maybe bigger than they should. And a lot of the reason for that is what coaches you know, fill their heads with because uh, everyone, again, wants to profess a very positive, uh, forceful tone. And then we get to watch the games themselves to figure out whether they had a reason to do it. So I, I like what I'm hearing if I'm an Oklahoma fan. But I'm also, especially after last season, I'm waiting very anxiously for, uh, for 11 a.m. Saturday. I mean, there would have been plenty of confidence this time last year. We heard a lot of really good exactly. stuff, and we know how that went. Uh, exactly. It struck me that in Brent Venables' press conference on Tuesday, he spoke for 50 minutes, 5-0. Pretty good for him. I mean, that's, he's been long-winded before, but that was good. Not a single question in there about Arkansas State. So that might tell you where some of the – it's not on him. That's on, on us, the people who are sitting in that room asking the questions. But – you know, the focus maybe wasn't so much on Saturday, 11 a.m. with Arkansas State, but that's that's also because of, of what they've got to kind of overcome this year from a year ago um, where they did fall short. And, and they've, you know, I'd say admit that, but they have been upfront about the fact, you know, Brent Venables would tell you, uh, he said it this week, we were not good enough in short yardage situations. Jeff Levy would tell you they weren't good enough on in, in those critical downs. And they've worked on it all, and, and the word that we've been – had had banged over our heads all 
really summer, spring, summer, and now into the fall has been competitive depth. And I, I do think they certainly feel deeper than they were a year ago. I think they are deeper than they were a year ago. And, you know, they love to talk about the, the one-score games. They had five one-score losses last year. We watched those games. We know that they did. They fell off late in games. The stamina wasn't there. The depth wasn't there. And so this is a team that, that at least feels better equipped to, to make it through a, you know, a 12-game regular season to hang on in those games. And, and then we're going to really get the test of, of this coaching staff and, and of these players and, and see where we're at um, when we hit you know, the, the back end of, of November. But, you know, Garen, there's, there is this season and there's this Saturday. Mm-hmm. And we're going to talk about all that. We'll be here all fall. But there, there are bigger picture things here. I don't know many OU fans on Saturday who are going to show up without at least some inkling of the SEC and 2024 and Jack Snartle and all that on their mind. Yep. And that's, I think, why there is so much pressure on this season. Not only does Brent Venables you know, have to overcome six and seven, the first losing season in 25 years, but they've got to get this thing going for, for faith in his leadership, for faith in where they're going to be in a year. For Brent Venables, what, not what makes this such a big season, but what, what to you do you feel like is the bigger picture thing? for him as, as we get started. Well, you, I, I want to hit on something you said uh, a little bit ago. I think it's very important. You, you said no questions today about Arkansas State. Eli, there shouldn't be. There should be no questions <laughs> about Arkansas State this week. And that's not a shot at Butch Jones or the Red Wolves. There should be no questions from, honestly, there shouldn't be many questions next week about SMU. And that's not a shot at, at anything the Mustangs are, are rolling out there. And there, and there shouldn't be, as, as fond as I am of, of, of a TU football program, me being a Tulsa and of Kevin Wilson, who I covered for years when he was the offensive coordinator at, at Oklahoma, there shouldn't be any questions about TU uh, in game three. This, it, this, this right now is all about Oklahoma fixing Oklahoma. And to, to your just question a second ago, Brent Venables repairing the mistakes that he made as, as a first year head coach a year ago, this was a team that gave optimism reigns in August it rained in September a year ago because the team started well out of the non-conference gate, looked like a contender when they went to Nebraska and did what they did to the Huskers. And so you've got a fan base, maybe even an administration, that sees not just the uh, approved element to anything that is said this month in preseason camp throughout, and now throughout game week, but dating back to a year ago, approved element from what happened in September and then what took place October and, and November on into the bowl game, the loss to Florida state, which turned uh, OU season into a, into a losing, into a losing one officially. So this, this right now for Brent Venables uh, and, and really the program is about anything and everything related to the program. It, it, everyone's uh, analyzing OU's so-called easy schedule. I, I don't know why you're wasting time doing that when, the program has given you no reason to think that the issues are anything but within the program. I know everyone's anticipating what has to happen in terms of getting the wheels cranked up for the SEC next year. And I get that. I, I'm as an- anxious as anybody about how this, this program might fit into that beast. But coming off the year that the Sooners had in, in 2022, any questions asked of Venables or, this, or OU football should be directly related to Venables and OU football. They gave us ample reason to, to think that a year ago. And, and I don't care uh, what time of year it is now or, or where people are picking the Sooners to finish in the Big 12 Conference or what's going on in Austin or what's going on in Stillwater. The focus has to be 100% on Oklahoma football right now. 
I mean, you said it. It has to be a prove-it season, right? Brent Venables and this, we say the program. Oklahoma will be Oklahoma no matter who's the coach. But Brent Venables is Oklahoma. Has to prove it this year. Mm-hmm. And that probably does re- really begin and end with the defense. Uh, you, you mentioned Nebraska last year. We drove back from Lincoln, and the consensus was, well, they might have a, a playoff contender here mm-hmm. with this defense, a defense that tore up non-conference play, and then we saw what happened the next nine games. We also know that Brent Venable's teams, especially ones he's a head coach of, will always be judged against the defense. Mm-hmm. And that, to me, is what makes this year so fascinating. And, and at, you can project it into 2023 or, or way beyond it. Brent Venables, they've got to get the defense right, and no longer can you point to that to that depth chart and say, well, there's a Lincoln Riley guy. There's another Lincoln Riley guy. These aren't Brent's guys. They've had now two recruiting cycles, one full one high school, but they've replenished there. They really hit the portal on the defensive side of the ball. There's no secret that they felt they had to get better there. And they brought in experience and guys, they felt fit culturally scheme wise, all that. So there's no, that excuse is no longer, you can't lean on that. And that's why we need to see this defense. I think take a jump this year, in order for the Sooners to get into, you know, the eight, nine, ten win range, have a turnaround from a year ago, but then to feel like there is a foundation here, and as the guys like David Stone uh, yeah. come into the program, and like, a, or, or you know, Peyton Bowen and PJ Adebayore go from freshmen into guys that you're going to expect to really contribute every week, we need to see that this is a Brent Venables quality defense, an SEC mm-hmm. quality defense. I think if we see that, it bodes very well for the Sooners in 2023 and beyond. If we don't, the questions will be much the same as we, we had asked all of last fall. Mm-hmm. And, and those are the big questions. As we look at the SEC, you, you can't get around the cliff that they're about to go off of in a year's time. And I, I really think that defense and showing something this year is, yep. uh, is pretty critical in that. Yep. You mentioned depth, and that's something that every coach right now is harping on. It's there where it wasn't a year ago. There might be an upgrade in talent. I'd like to wait and see it for myself before I anoint Peyton Bowen, the next you know huge thing back there in the secondary, or that the Indiana transfer at Cheetah, uh, Desan McCall is going to make the difference. Everyone anticipates he will. Rondell Bothroyd, uh, Wake Forest, right? Uh, mm-hmm. the guy who's going to make a difference up front. Trace Ford, who a lot of Oklahoma uh, fans might remember from past Bedlam's. Okay, so again, the numbers look in your favor. The names look maybe more in your favor. Maybe the talent does as well. But isn't Venables the constant here? And it, it, to me, it draws to mind uh, something that Bob Stoops once did, and that was to bring uh, a brother of his into the program uh, over a decade ago to fix the defense that supposedly was in some disrepair. And uh, if I'm not mistaken, Mike Stoops professed the same kind of enthusiasm, went about bringing in the same kind of talent and, and going about rebuilding the same kind of depth. And uh, if the results didn't change. And if anything, as the more Mike coordinated the defense, the tougher it got, the more the focus really fell back on him. And I know that Roof says, you know, the, the program says Roof is a defensive coordinator, but, but that is Brent Venable's defense and always will be as long as he's head coach at Oklahoma. So this does really fall on the head coach, uh, not just because the Sooners went six and seven a year ago, but because a lot of the problems they had in going six and seven we're on Brent's side of the ball. The offense, for its faults, did fine. Jeff Levy and, and, and uh, Dylan Gabriel meshed pretty well. Eric Gray played above form. The offensive line held up reasonably. The receivers contributed. The offense did enough to do better than six and seven. The defense was why the team went six and seven. So in, until the defense, and until uh, as long as Brent Venables is the man in charge of that defense, 
uh, until the defense can can correct, it's it falls on him. And so that yes puts a ton of weight on the shoulders of the second year head coach. And you know it's worth clarifying even this week. Brent Venables, you know, they made it clear Ted Roof is calling the plays. But Ted wow. Roof himself said Brent Venables kind of has some veto powers. And then Brent, you know, without taking anything away, you know, any power out of Ted Roof's hand said, yes, it's, you know, I'm not the guy calling plays, but I'm going to be, I think, quote, completely involved in this defense, which if you're a no U fan, I don't think you'd want to hear anything different. That's, you know, that's his expertise. You want this defense to look at as close as it did to, to some of those Clemson national title winning defenses that Brent Venables led. But I think that's a, a place to at least keep an eye on as we go into mm-hmm. the season. And, and if we start to see maybe some of those familiar cracks in the defense, mm-hmm. those words, those questions will once again be important. Garen, we're going to close with a game. Might become something of a recurring game here um, on the, the Letterman Jacket podcast, but it's very simple. It's all on you. You're going to ask me like, are you going to ask me like boy bands from the 2010s and once again out me? No, as I wish. I wish. Way too yeah, that's a podcast with anybody, let alone you. For another podcast for another day, but not today. <laughs> Simple series of questions for a game of Gare In or Gare Out uh, on, on the Sooners oh, 2023 wow. season. And what is important there, you, uh, really important, you've got to answer if you are Gare In or Gare Out. I will not accept <laughs> yes or no's on any of this, but that is, is the game. Are you ready? You prepared? You understand the rules? I don't think it matters if I'm ready. You're going to ask me anyway. So it's... Well, you clocked that. You're exactly right. I wasn't going to stop no matter what. So <laughs> on that note, for the first question of Gare In or Gare Out, will the Sooners produce a 1,000-yard rusher this year between Javante Barnes, Gavin Sawchuck, or Marcus Major? Are you Gare In or are you Gare Out? I'm Gare In. I, think the, I, think, I do think the O-line is going to be – can I? Oh wait, I, that's it, right? That's all I can say. It's yes or no. It is yes or no. Uh, uh, maybe on another podcast you'll have time to elaborate, but that's not today, Garen. We really need you to follow the rule on this one. Just gear in or just gear out. So you're gear in on that one. Gear in on thousand. Uh, Jaleel Farouk to finish with a thousand receiving yards in 2023. Gear out. Okay. Jackson Arnold. Freshman five-star quarterback to start a game in 2023. Gare in, Gare out. Gare Gare in. in. Mm -hmm. Okay. Last year, the Sooners finished 99th in total defense. Will they finish in the top half of the country this year? That'd be 65th or better. Gare in. Sounded very confident. Wow. We're going to have to revisit that one another podcast, including the noise that came out at the end of that. That's uh, <laughs> all right. So you're gearing on that. Will OU have uh, a defender make first team all Big 12 in 2023? Garen. Now we're getting to the tough part. Sooners to win the final Red River game in the Big 12 against Texas. Gear out. Sooners to eclipse the Vegas line of, of nine and a half wins. They can go over there. Garen. Brett Yormark, Big 12 commissioner, to make it through the rest of the season without putting his foot in his mouth again. <laughs> Gear out. All right. OU to make the Big 12 title game in 2023. Garen. And perhaps part of that answer, maybe it'll be both teams, but do you see a a departing Big 12 member to win the Big 12 championship in 2023? 
you're out. Ooh. Well, the next time you're on here, I'm going to ask you who you think will win the Big 12. But we don't have time for that today. This is a, an abbreviated intro Because you version. took shots at me out of the gate. Or we would have had all the time in the world to, for me I, to explain why I said what I said. You chose your own response to that. It was all on your own volition. Just like your appearance on this podcast uh, was on your own volition. Uh, and I appreciate you joining for the inaugural edition of the Letterman Jacket Podcast. The first of many. Hopefully that you'll appear on. We'll see there, touch and go. But certainly the first of many for others. Gear uh, in or gear out? I think you're gear in. I really do. But you will be able to find us, folks listening. If you made it this far, you've listened enough to the two of us yammer along. You'll be able to find us, YouTube, Spotify, iTunes, anywhere you get your podcast. And as of Friday morning, you can find my OU coverage and the coverage and the local sports coverage of the really talented team we have at Sellout Crowd at selloutcrowd.com. And if you've made it this far, there's really no excuse not to head over there to sign up. It's free. It's going to be fun. Come join the crowd and come along in this journey with us. <laughs>